0: If I was a senior leader for an organization and I'm going through a crisis, right, or I have to display some sort of level changing approach to perhaps sell um, a particular culture shift or some sort of thing I need to sell into the uh, organization. Is there a few tips you want to give to, to people who might be kind of going through that at the moment? Welcome to The Point of View Show. My name is Andrew Tran, I'm your host. This show highlights business professionals in Asia and around the world to get an understanding on what makes them effective, how they do it, and advice to help you grow in leadership, branding, marketing, and sales. For more information, head over to my website, www.andrewtran.asia. Before we get into it, smash that subscribe button and click notifications, whether or not you're listening or watching this, it helps me a ton and it helps other like-minded people find these episodes a lot easier. Now let's get on with the show. My next guest is Angeline Yi. She is an organizational coach with over 18 years of experience, helping organizations, teams, and individuals overcome mental, emotional, and having a positive, sustainable change from negative behavioral issues. She is active on LinkedIn and various other public platforms, uh, talking about her cause and really kind of helping individuals kind of rethink and retool to transform themselves, become exceptional individuals and overcome various barriers, whether or not a manager stepping into a leadership type of role or an existing leader having to become better leaders, especially during this time of crisis with COVID, with, and, and we talk about it as well, which is kind of cool. And hey, fun fact, she's also a certified hypnotherapist. We didn't get to chat about that, we just lost a bit of time. Check out her LinkedIn profile and some of her qualifications, it's amazing. I mean, the fact that you can be a certified hypnotherapist is kind of cool, yet scary at the same time. Our chat, be centered a lot around leadership and coaching mindset and some of the things that she talks about with her methodology, the Adore methodology that she talks about. And she shares a lot of statistics around why it's actually important as an organization to invest in training to help individuals, teams, leaders uh, become better in their roles uh, so that they're able to serve the organization, serve customers in a more effective manner as well. So it's really, really cool. Hope you guys like it. Without further ado, Give it up for Angeline Yi. Angeline, how are you?
1: I'm great. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, it, we're recording on a Friday today, so it's uh, the weekend coming along and everything like that. So, which is really, really good. But look for those who are watching and listening. Um, firstly, An- Angeline, thank you for coming on the show today. What we want to try and focus on is leadership, right? And it's a big theme. that this whole show is all about talking to different leaders from different industries, different perspectives coming in, and with Angeline, like she comes in as a as an organizational coach, uh, and as a result, she comes in with this unique perspective that she enables uh, senior leaders in order to become more effective, right? And everyone's talking about COVID, which has been like a really big thing, uh, and so Angeline, like I just want to ask you really quickly, like with COVID that's happening at the moment why is it important now more the, more so than ever to, for leaders to actually get leadership training?
1: Uh, let me just share a few of the statistics yeah, to, see, to, to show how important it is yeah, when we talk about uh, the, the new kind of leadership. Yeah, Now, more than half of the workforce right now is worrying about the future of the company that they're working. And of course, worrying about their own job, finances and future, Right. Uh, and the recent Wills-Tower-Watson COVID-19 Employee Pulse Survey conducted worldwide, it shows that over 9 in every employees, that is an astounding 92%, reported having anxiety with 55% of them indicated a moderate or a high degree of anxiety. And then in another separate survey done by Expert HR, Forty-eight percent of the HR professionals of the companies revealed that they find it very difficult and extremely challenging in handling ma- employee mental health issues. Right. So in this time of uncertainties, employees look up for leaders who can provide them with the five C's. And what kind of five C's is definitely not the Singapore five C's. It's not about cash, credit card, condo, car, or and country club club membership. Oh, so <laughs> that's my <yeah. laughs> Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, but we're talking about having the compassion, having the clarity, uh, the confidence, as uh, leaders who are certain, and having the courage to lead in times of crisis. So it's not just someone who is able to manage, direct, or get people to perform to their expectation, but leaders that has a heart to truly care of what's really going on and show support and help the team to remove their worries and move their challenges so that they know that they are safe. And when when safety is created, right, that that trust is able to to be established and then the leaders um, will be able to get them to really focus on their work, right? So as an employee, if you trust the leaders and the companies, that they are going to look after you and the family, then you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to have that kind of mental anxiety and fear or insecurities, right? So, you know, when employees have such mental emotional challenges, there will be a shift in their focus on their own survival. So, guess what happens to productivity? What happens to the commitment, the engagement, and moral Definitely, is going to drop, right? Yeah, so leaders now have new responsibilities to become something like a first aider, you know, in terms of providing an emergency care to minimize the kind of further injury to the company or future risk of having adversity at workplace. Now, let's face it, if leaders are unable to address mental and emotional challenges of their team members, it definitely affects on... I would say three criticals of the company. Uh, first is definitely on productivity and profits. The second thing is going to affect on the employee's commitment, the engagement and the morale because everyone is concerned, anxious, fearful. And last but not the least, the talent attrition as well. Because people want to, um, when they have low morale and they are affected, they will leave the company. So instead of waiting for things to happen, then only to put in measures to cure or to curb with the mental and emotional challenges at workplace, we need to step in as a prevention and leaders need to be trained and developed in this area specifically to handle the mental and emotional side of things. Now, this is the new norm, the new trend. And I would say it is the new expectation and responsibility. And this is the new leadership that we are talking about.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, it's it's funny as you as you're talking through, it's it's almost like they they themselves almost have to become like a pseudo counselor um to provide trust uh to their organization mm-hmm. so that you know the employees within the organization can believe in the direction of which the company is moving towards and therefore yes. are willing to actually put in the effort to make sure like it moves to that direction. So I, I think I think that's that's such a really unique insight, especially like with the stats that you kind of provided earlier um, with employee satisfaction and stuff like that. I think that's, that's really, really interesting as well. And for anyone who's watching or listening, you know, I'll, I'll put, I'll get those, uh, those links and stuff uh, that Angeline will will share um, and I'll put them in the show notes below as well. Um, But moving along, like, you know, know, we're talking about leadership today and stuff and, and you can, I think you alluded it before. But I guess what I wanted to ask you like what creates like challenger leaders in this marketplace?
1: It is very very common for company owners to have to have that kind of wish that leaders who can get their team to do the work up to their expectations right very often they will say you know i wish the team is able to deliver i wish this i wish that all the time they're talking about i wish the team is able to perform or get the team to deliver up to the expectations but unfortunately very very rarely is able to find such leader who can touch their hearts um, they are their subordinates' hearts, and to you know to win and move them to do what is being expected. Now, many leaders out there, they are I would call them as like robot leaders. You know, um, they what they do is basically FED, You know, uh, an acronym that stands for they just follow the instructions of the board of directors, probably right. They follow instructions. They just execute and do. You know, there's no vision as. Uh, what they are doing practically every day is like firefighting all the time. You 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 will find it very frequent their coin that words, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, this it's like I have to firefight everything, I have to do everything. And even though they are being sent for trainings and leadership developments, there is no chance for them to really pause and implement new things because once they get back to their to the office, it's like they're getting that back to their routines of busyness and doing this of firefighting all the time. So they are always confused as to what is the priority because everything seems to need to be addressed, right? And so we need to change these robots to challenges leaders who who do what I say as ICQ, you know, having the ability to influence the team, Um, changing what's not working. Or, or, or if you find that things keep repeating by itself, problems keep repeating by itself, something is not right. So we need to find and change what's not working and question the status quo. Is there a way that we can do things differently? Can we improve these things with a shorter lead time? You know, Can we have more impactful performance and stuff like that? You know, These are the leaders who have, I would say, have better clarity, have better certainty and courage, having a long-term vision because they see that This is the trend moving forward and we need to change. And in times of crisis, we need leaders who can see things from different perspectives, question the status quo, make the best out of the current situation and create changes because change is so paramount. It is so important to survive and soar in this kind of situation. So crisis creates opportunities, but crisis also creates new leaders, I would say. And I would say, right, leaders also need to shift from profit-centered and process driven to change to people centered and purpose driven. And I can't recall which statistics that I, I I come across. I remember that companies who has got driven uh, has got a purpose, who actually share with the employees, uh, and the team leaders actually take into consideration the purpose of the companies whenever they make a decision the performance of the company is about 48 percent above the average stock market um, performance and those who doesn't have they actually fall like 40 percent below than the average now a lot of the company leaders they know they might have the purpose but sadly right 68 percent of the company leaders they say that did not actually incorporate the purpose into their decision makings and that's very sad because when we incorporate that part in it actually brings the performance up in a very very um drastic manner in an exponential uh, curve yeah so that's 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 i think that's the shift you know the the importance of having these challenger leaders to actually change things around And you need to shift from having strict structure system to have more fun in it. It We bring more, um, I would say, bring more excitement. You know, when you have more excitement, you have more energy, you're more enthusiastic, then the whole entire work environment become very, very different rather than so boring, you know, it's so quiet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do you think though, like given the marketplace here, like traditionally, like in Asia, there's a, there's a stigma, there's a stereotype that Asians, we work hard. You know, if, mm-hmm. if we're not working, we're not working hard enough. You know, we, we mm-hmm. come into the office early, we leave very late. And, and you mm-hmm. mentioned about like challenger being, you know, challenger leaders, how you, you use the acronym like ICU, ICQ, sorry. And do you, I mean, what do you think are some of the challenges that you've seen when it comes to organizations trying to adopt it?
1: Uh, I guess they're still very worried about, you know, if I change, will it bring me the ROI? That's the first thing. There, there's always, you know, being Asian um, companies, the first thing that comes to mind is always the ROI. Um, we have a report that comes from uh, world health organizations. Whenever companies invest, uh, every for every $1 that actually invests on a mental and emotional well-being, um, it is expected to have $4 in return. Wow. How That's... big in terms of the return if yeah. we actually focus on the mental and emotional side of things? And in fact, if we look at a case studies, right, um, we, we look at Unilever. Unilever, um, I think they have started to look into the mental and emotional side of things for quite some time already. And over a period of, uh, I think, more than 10 years really, that have been doing this, uh the accumulated on average yeah on average in terms of a return it has gone up to if i'm not mistaken it is about 3.2 uh for every one dollar that i have spent
0: wow okay that's incredible
1: yeah yeah, that that is proven you know it's it's not just coined by coining the, the 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 numbers these are real case studies of what they have invested And the return they actually get. Yeah. So it's very near statistics given by WHO.
0: So for, for leaders and, and small organizations hear that like invest in your people, create spaces that will promote productivity in a positive manner. You know, you also mentioned about like empathy, uh, which was kind of resonated with me as well when I'm talking to other leaders uh, as well. And I think, I think that this there's, it's, it has to be a cultural shift, right? I mean, you mentioned it before, like it, it is hard for, uh, you know, traditional businesses here in, in Southeast Asia to really kind of move towards that. Cause like, like you said, they're so number driven, they're so results driven that it, it almost, it becomes ingrained and it, it almost haunts them, uh, as a manager, as a leader, um, make sure that they can reach to those kind of objectives or those KPIs. And I think, you know, if you're if you're a leader or you're a manager, especially if you're if you're new, you're foreign, you're coming into the market, you're looking at ways you can subtly change. I think it comes back down to that culture, and I think you mentioned you kind of put that out really really clear. So yeah, no, thank you for sharing those stats.
1: I think it's important for the people to actually look at. The statistics, because these are real statistics, you know, we don't just say how important it is or it's just a trend. Yeah, it is a trend, but it is it is um, proven with the kind of ROI for people who actually do and invest in this area. People who actually started to shift the way that they do things, shifting from um, profit-centered to purpose, uh, to people-centered. Hmm. Shifting from process driven to, um, I would say, uh, uh, dynamic
0: kind of feel like your inclusion, uh, with, with with regards to process. So really looking at like lateral thinking when it comes to processes and stuff, looking at different ways to, to do, you know, to perform the task. That's easier, that is efficient, but yet effective at the same time. Um, yeah, I think that's that 's really important as well so no thank you so much um, hey so jump, jumping along like I, I wanted to kind of hear uh, more because you you want you 've got this process that i 'm really interested in, and you know you you're you 're an organizational coach so you 're not just coach like executives but you also do teams and individuals as well but uh, with executives in particular because those who are listening are typically executives you know you, you run through a process, would you be able to kind of explain a little bit about that process and how you're able to help like certain executives kind of perform better, perform more effective um, in their in their jobs?
1: Yeah, um, I came out, I created a model, what I would call as a door leadership, you know, a door in the meaning of if, you know, if you get, you can, the, the creating a leader, That is able to move the team and get them to respect, look up, and do the things that you want to do uh, with no no qualms, with no complaints or whatsoever. They will follow you to the moon, you know, just to do the things for you. So um, the model that I focus on uh, it is a shift from the conventional way of doing things, like people get to choose. Either I focus on work or do I focus on personal relationship, right? They always choose either one. But we say that we want to embrace a balance of working on a personal basis, the individual, he or herself. And then we look at the work perspective as well as the community perspective because you want to look at these three components interrelated with each other. You can't just remove one part and just focus on the work itself because in the end of the day, how the person functions will affect the work and their relationship with the community again will affect the work. So we need to have a balance between these three areas, the personal. Uh, side of things, the work itself and the community. And then we also need to recognize the importance of tapping into the heart instead of just using the head and the hand, you know, the head of analyzing, looking at facts and statistics, and then just having the skills of doing things, ignoring the hard part, ignoring the intuition, that is something that we need to start embracing, because ultimately, we're dealing with human beings, we're not dealing with robots, right? So, and the last part of why the creation of this model is to allow the priority to include the mental, emotional side of things, instead of just the physical health, because um, we also know that physical health, whatever that is happening in our physical body, it is also affected by our mental and emotional well-being. And in terms of scientific terms, we call it epigenetics. Whatever that is going through in here and what we feel in, in our heart creates the physical symptoms of what we what is happening in our physical health. So, we need to look into all these components in a more holistic manner. And I don't believe in just plugging in one side of things and going to fix everything. So this model that we talk about, adult Leadership, on the personal basis, we, we, on one end, right, when we talk about personal basis, we work with the individual on their belief systems. And a lot of times we need to also shift and correct whatever belief system that is no longer working with uh, on them. And believe it or not, our belief systems, a lot of it has already been uh, stored within our subconscious mind. Sometimes we don't even realize our own belief system that is running on our lives. So it is so important to be able to pick up what's, what, what are their subconscious beliefs. And then we need to correct it. That's one end of it, right? And then the other end, when we talk about the community of things, we look at the behaviors of the individuals that affects the workplace, that affects the family, that affects whoever that they come across with. So we want people to be able to understand why the way they behave. And of course, having that awareness is from the personal uh, belief systems And then after that, when they are able to comprehend their their, uh, behaviors, then we start to get them to realize the impact. And then after that, making the change at the last part, which is talking about the bottom line, the bottom line of the company, the bottom line of uh, work, the career that they are doing. So it's a complete, again, that complete uh, triangle talking about their personal things, about the community as well as the bottom line where they work with and creating what kind of changes or taking what kind of actions to create the outcomes that we want at workplace or for the company. So personal side, we need to have that kind of awareness, right? Able to reflect what is inwards and then move on to comprehend our behaviors that affects the community the workplace the relationship and then realizing that and then taking the actions to create the bottom lines that we want in the company or at the workplace right and then going back to that personal level level having that create that accountability structure at workplace that is able to support each other, because let's face it, we spend eight to some people, even 10 hours of their life, every day of their life at workplace. And if they are unable to make the best, having that support structure at workplace, where else can they have that support? Right? So we need to have that structure built at workplace as well to make this model happen. And embracing all the parts that we have just mentioned about the personal life, about their community, their relationship, as well as their work. And then we look at inwards as well as outwards of things. And very, very important, we talk about um, when they take the actions to create the outcomes that they want, we focus on three most important, we would call it as attributes, Uh, Have taking the accountability, uh, having that integrity to do the things that we said that we want to do, right? Being a leader, a lot of times they say, okay, this is the direction, this is what we do, go do it. And then somehow we find that it is something not right, you know, Uh, my leader asked me to do this, but he is doing this and sometimes it's a little bit blurry in terms of a direction, then everyone gets confused. So having the integrity to do the things consistently and leading the example, that is actually very crucial. And taking up that responsibility, whether the result comes back good or bad, you know, looking at it and say, okay, this is the thing that we have done. I am responsible. Let's learn from it and move on rather than to point to, Certain members of a uh, certain team members and say, Hey, you are the one who didn't do the job, and that's why this result comes back, and all those things. You know, we being a leader, we have to um, take the accountability and say that in the end of the day, I lead the team. If they didn't perform to what I am, I have expected, that means that something is wrong somewhere in terms of the way I lead. Probably I didn't communicate properly, or stuff like that. They have to embrace these parts of attributes in the model and having the authenticity to be able to admit and say, you know, yeah, I made the wrong decision. So let's look into it and learn from it and move on, improve on it and move on.
0: Angeline, last question. Um, If I was a senior leader for an organization and I'm going through a crisis, right? Or I have to display some sort of level-changing approach to perhaps sell um, a particular culture shift or some sort of thing I need to sell into the uh, organization. Is there a few tips you want to give to to people who might be kind of going through that at the moment?
1: So uh, it's going to go back to the same model that I've just shared. We're going to focus on the three A's. Yeah. The first part is to concentrate on authenticity. Yeah. In whatever communication that you do, you have to communicate authentically And you have to focus on the purpose. Share the purpose of why the way you want to shift or why you want to do the transformation or the change. Now, the second thing is to take action, you know, accept that there will be differences and concerns of team members. we say that people will have to, leaders will need to have the empathy to understand from what perspective the team is concerned or having the difference in opinions. You know, um, a lot of leaders, in especially, especially for Asian cultures, is always my way or the highway. So in times of crisis that's not advisable, we want to be a leader with empathy, able to understand what is their concerns and address it. You know, as I said, going back to the first aid, having the authenticity, sharing with them what is it that we disagree, what is it that we can uh, resolve, you know, look into and resolve. And I think that allows the team to have a better communication flow and to respect, build that respect and trust between the leader and the team. And of course, the third A, we say the leader have to take the accountability and be responsible for whatever that is being shared. And when we say that this is transformation or this is the change that we want to do, the leader themselves have to display that they are changing as well. You know, there's no point telling the team to change and you as a leader is not doing that kind of change. That's of no integrity. So, uh, yeah, so I would really, really focus on the three A's if I were to advise the, the senior leaders, you know, having the authenticity, take the action. And of course, be accountable yeah, for the actions.
0: Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Angeline, like for anyone that wants to reach out to you, uh, what are the best channels to reach out to you on?
1: Um, they can reach out to my LinkedIn or even Facebook. They can actually reach out to me. Um, they can also visit the website, my company website. Is www.inspiredlifeinternational.com. So feel free to contact me there. Just reach out.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Angeline. And I'll put all the the details uh, in the show notes below, and, and all the other kind of readings that um, and all the other kind of statistics that Angeline kind of also mentioned as well. It's really really interesting stuff as well. So you know, thank you so much. And for those who are watching, listening again, thank you for. Uh, joining in and I'll catch you on the next episode.